The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Our mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our community through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hope today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for advancing emerging and current leaders. I am excited about today's show. We're going to be talking about respect What's effective leadership got to do with it? And with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Mr. Greg Ward. He's the author of Respectful Leader. I'm sorry, I'm going to go back and say he's the author of The Respectful Leader, Seven Ways to Influence Without Intimidation. So, Greg, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to Leadership Matters. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, so we are looking uh, forward to hearing more about this uh, fabulous book you've put together. But before we dive into it, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself and just the perspective you bring? Well, I've been very fortunate to have had many different lives and livelihoods throughout my career. Right now, I work as a consultant and trainer and executive coach to major corporations and government. Uh, previously, I worked as a uh, freelance correspondent on assignment for the BBC and other media in the UK and throughout Western Europe. And before that, I was a professional actor, writer, director, and producer in New York and in London. So I've kind of done a whole bunch of stuff in, in my life, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome. And this um, issue of respect, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about why that's so important to you with regards to why are you focusing on respect in your work? Well, as I look around my clients and as I study the research, what we are finding in the last 10 to 15 years is that there is an increasing level of disrespect going on in our workplaces, not only here in North America but across the globe. There is a lot of research coming out of uh, Georgetown University and uh, the University of Arizona uh, by uh, Dr. Christine Porath, who is investigating the levels of disrespect and incivility that employees are experiencing, and the numbers are very startling. Um, Approximately 20 years ago when she began the research, she was seeing one quarter of the employee population were reported having been disrespected either by a colleague or a customer uh, or a boss uh, in the course of a year. 
Uh, Ten years later, that number jumped to 50%, and now uh, these days that number is off the charts. Even more surprisingly is that roughly 25% of all employees expect to be disrespected in some way by a colleague or customer or boss in the next 48 hours. That is just, we are dealing with an epidemic, in my opinion, of disrespect in the workplace. And it's very, very costly. It, it, It costs in terms of lack of productivity, morale going down, complaints, investigations, lawsuits, turnover. There's a whole list of things that disrespect can lead us to encounter. So that's why I'm focusing on it. We're just seeing some really disturbing trends in the workplace right now. Yeah, you know, that is um, that is quite alarming. I know from the work that I um, use a lot that um, Judy Salinger um, developed, and she talks about in her book, Fearless Change, Embrace the Choice to Reinvent Your, your Life, it's the uh, title of her book. Uh, she, too, talks about... Um, she talks about basic needs for survival, and she also talks about growth needs. And one of those needs is around um, self-respect as well as feeling respected um, by others. And uh, when our basic or growth needs, when we fear those needs aren't going to be met, it really impacts the way we show up and engage with others. She has a path that she calls the fear path and then a path that she calls the trust path. And on that fear path, it goes through this process that you can really see play out in individuals in all phases of our society when people fear their need for a um, either basic need for survival, you know, your basic physical safety, um, basic need to belong aren't met or a growth need of which she identifies respect as a growth need. So, you know, as far as um, a sense of competence, appreciation, and so on and so forth, some of those are growth needs. When those aren't met, she goes on to talk about how um, people might resist it and they might say, or deny it. I really don't care if they don't respect me. I really don't care if whatever. You know, there's a lack of resistance or denying of it. And in that space, someone might become very passive and communicating their need for it or maybe aggressive about it. And there's an increased need to regain control of this thing in which one feels like there's no control of getting and in their lives in general. And someone might isolate or turn to addiction or if they turn that energy outward, it might look like blame, transferring responsibility to others or manipulating to get that need or other needs met. And when those needs still aren't met, you kind of see the space of helplessness and stress and turn inward. We see more illness and depression and even suicide in our lives, you know, in our, in our world around us with regards to uh, people, be it at home, in the community, or at work. And turn outward, we see more violence, more aggression and, and rage. And then conversely, when people feel like they really can get their needs met and those needs are being met and that self-fulfilling and experience uh, prophecy of getting that need met allows me to communicate very assertively. I have this inner voice. I can negotiate. I feel empowered, and I can live out the visions and the dreams in my life. So there's certainly a connection between the work that Judith has done and the work that um, you're doing, and I can certainly see how um, respect as one of those core needs can lead to all those things 
you um, listed with regards to lack of productivity and um, negative impacts in our communities and certainly in our work uh, force. So I commend you for taking on this huge task of dealing with this significant... <laughs> well, thank you. I, word I often respect. say to my clients, you know, respect and disrespect are, are contagious and yeah. that if you treat others with respect, they will in turn be respectful of others and vice mm-hmm. versa. If you treat them with disrespect, they will in turn be disrespectful themselves. And a lot mm-hmm. of this is unconscious. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, as, a, as a result of previous patterns that we engaged in as we were growing up, and uh, being treated disrespectfully as children will often lead to us being disrespectful as adults. And, and so there, it, there's a, a lot of work to be done here with respect and uh, disrespect. And, and I see my role as is, is trying to help people understand it, the nature of it, and the impact of respect on, on generating uh, positive productivity and uh, collaboration and, uh, uh, you know, bottom line, because so many of my clients are in companies, um, I'm always trying to help the leadership understand, understand that direct, uh, direct links to the bottom line are often traced back to respect. Yeah, and so um, if, it, if it's there, mm-hmm. uh, there's wonderful things you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to um, have us maybe talk a little bit about your book with regards to The Respectful Leader. You know, what is your new book about? Well, it's essentially a story. It's a fable. Uh, I think we call it in, in the publishing world a business fable. And it's about a fictional CEO who has been uh, put in place at, a, at an existing company to turn it around. And it's a fictional company based right here in San Diego where we are. And uh, very quickly he realizes that his leadership team has inherited behaviors of high levels of disrespect uh, towards others. And uh, his first response is to be disrespectful himself to try and command and control people to do better so he could turn the company around. Well, that backfires on him spectacularly. And he's very fortunate that he meets a maintenance lady named Grace, who's been there for years, and she's very no-nonsense, but she's also respectful. And she takes him aside and basically gives him a, a whack up the side of the head and says, dude, you're, you're not going to be able to turn this place around if you keep it behaving as disrespectfully as you have been. And over the course of time, he realizes that respect is a very powerful motivator, and he's able to turn his company around. And so that's the story, essentially. And then afterwards, I uh, go deeper into some of the concepts around respect and disrespect. And uh, I like to pride myself on having written a very short, easy-to-read book. Most people have said they were able to read it in a one, two-and-a-half-hour sitting and got a great deal out of it. So that's the book. Okay. So let's unpack those two terms a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, how do you um, describe respect and then what are your thoughts around uh, disrespect? What might be some things that help those two terms come to life? Well, I call them the respectful do's and the respectful don'ts. And essentially, they're often what we learned when we were growing up. For example... Uh, most of us had parents who said to us, you know, you need to say good morning and please and thank you. 
And you would be amazed at how busy people get these days and so focused on their work that they forget to say good morning, how are you, and in a genuine fashion, and please and thank you. Those words, that practice will get you very, very far. And I call it basically engaging in, in regular respect, common courtesy, things you and I try to do on a regular basis. It's just that, unfortunately, we've all gotten so caught up in our work, in our mobile devices, that we tend to not engage in those common courtesies. And that's a very slow wearing down of basic regular respect. Mm-hmm. Another practice that I encourage leaders to do is be honest. Uh, be, I call it being respect worthy, being open and honest about what's going on. You know, when Marissa Meyer was um, downsizing Yahoo prior to it being sold off and, and, and divided up, The downsizing was called a remix. Everybody knew it was layoffs. Everybody knew it was getting rid of whole portions of the organization. But the leadership at Yahoo refused to call it what it was, which was layoffs. So they called it remixes. And it really showed a a sense of, of discontent in the employees when the leadership just couldn't be honest about what was going on. So, Grant, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to interrupt you for just a hot second because we have to go to, to commercial break. But I'm going to just put a comma yeah. there, not a period. So I want you to continue um, with <laughs> this number two and then what's, what's next with regards to just ways that we can uh, practice being respectful sure. as well as coach others um, for respect. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Inspiring Solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. If you are in the sales field or maybe don't even know that you are, you need a plan to be successful. Every day we are engaged in business and don't even realize that it all comes down to sales. We all have something to say and need to motivate others to the same way of thinking. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, is the show that gets you thinking and speaking whatever the product or service. Host Bill Bush will give you the tips you need to succeed. Listen every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. 
Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about The Respectful Leader, um, the author of the book, The Respectful Leader, Seven Ways to Influence Without Intimidation, is on the line today. Mr. Greg Ward, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. Yes, and I know before we went to break, you had shared one um, way, and that was um, about saying good morning, please, and thank you. And I'm going to pause and just say that, saying good morning, that greeting. You know, one of the things uh, we do within our organization here at the Neighborhood House, uh, we really um, stopped maybe a few months back to really focus on uh, something that we uh, call People Matters and really looked at that first step of engagement really is the greeting. So it was nice to hear you. <clears throat> to say that, you know, just the good morning and just how a greeting, a simple greeting makes a difference and it is that, that first act of engagement, be it with a peer, uh, a colleague, or a client. And then the second thing you were talking about was um, being worthy of respect by being honest. Anything else you wanted to um, add to that thought, Greg? Well, I also want to encourage leaders that Part of being a respectful leader is not necessarily trying to be liked uh, by others. It, 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 it is entirely possible to be very direct and to the point, not be liked by the people who report to you, but respected. And in, in my opinion, although it's great to be liked by the people who work for you, uh, I think it's actually more important to be respected by them. Uh, if you think of your own relationships, if it, it may be uh, that you like hanging out with certain people, might want to go have a beer with them, but when it comes to respecting them, uh, you may not be uh, so uh, quick to do that uh, for various reasons. But you're, you're still going to like them, but you may not respect them. And respect is really the glue that holds organizations together. I mean, how many, how many of us work with people that we don't like? but we respect them for what they bring to the table. So the, the old saying, you don't have to like someone to work with them, is true. I would just add that you do have to have some level of respect for them. So mm-hmm. another practice that I feel that leaders need to get involved in when it comes to being respectful is they've got to get their shift together. You've got to get your emotional life together. If you're a leader, you're constantly having problems brought to you. That's just the nature of leadership. If you freak out, if you have a reaction, if you say foul things and you 
you abuse the people who bring you that information, well, they're going to perceive it as disrespectful, and that kind of behavior can really sow a negative attitude around you and towards you. So one of the things you have to be responsible for is your own shifts, your own emotional shifts. And there are various ways to do that. You have to manage your stress. You have to breathe. How many of us forget to breathe when we get all uh, annoyed or upset? Uh, we have to learn to take a moment, take a pause, maybe go outside, go for a quick walk when we're all stressed out. Do whatever we can to change our physical environment that will allow us to de-stress in the moment. And uh, I call that get your shift together. And that's uh, respectful do number five. And there's hmm. one well, you last know, before one you go to I'm, the next one, I'm yeah, going to go I'm going to pause. Um, so we've we've um, talked about uh, three: the good morning, please, thank you, uh, the be honest, so that you're laying this foundation for being worthy of being respected, and then getting your shift together. One of the things that came to mind as you were sharing that is really just. Um, the importance of gratitude. I know Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar rather, <laughs> he actually did quite a bit of um, speaking when he was living on the importance of gratitude and, and um, often cited it as the number one way in which a person can reduce stress is just to think about something they're grateful for. And so mm-hmm. kind of combining the art of mindfulness with the art of gratefulness and being grateful. And so um, as we think about that emotional regulation and being able to de-stress in the moment and shift our energy and shift our thinking, I just, um, um, you know, his words come to mind as another strategy for being able to get our shift together, for being able to be ready to um, handle and move and groove with you know, that which might be uh, facing us. So just wanted to um, add his spirit I, to that conversation with that I as well. I also use a little, yeah, I think that's being grateful is so powerful. I, I also use a little technique of compartmentalization, and I basically say to myself, well, is this problem something I can manage right here and right now? And nine times out of ten, you can't. You, you can't just drop everything you're doing and go address the problem. So what I do is I go to my calendar on my computer and I put a note in at a time that I think I can address this problem. And somehow, I don't know how it works. Maybe, Cheryl, you could tell me. I feel relieved that I've made a commitment. I will, I'm not going to handle this now. I'm going to handle this later on. Yeah. And somehow that relieves mm-hmm. the stress, and I have no idea why it works. Uh, you know, I... I I think in coaching, that is a strategy that I will use with um, clients a lot. And I think one of the things that helps in that moment goes back to what you just said about compartmentalizing it. It really, um, one of the places and ways in which we get mental energy is to being able to prioritize. So when I can say, what's my priority in this moment? But I got all these other competing priorities, so I then need to be able to um, plan it out a little bit in my brain or a little bit on paper for me to be able to, to say, this is my focus now, but I'm not really overly concerned about these other things at this moment because I know when I'm going to handle it. Helps a lot with regards to our ability to have 
you know, what we would call under the um, energy project, that, um, mm-hmm. that mental focus, kind of that vitality that comes from being able to focus in the morning, in the moment, which comes from being able to prioritize all the zillion things to do. I just can't hold on to them all at this moment. So what do I do with them? I prioritize them and I kind of help myself see when I'm going to get to them so I can get back to the squirrel in the moment, <laughs> the thing I need to be following and focusing on in the moment and not have the um, other squirrels um, distracting my attention. So perhaps that's why that uh, works so well. I know that it has been a strategy that I use myself and that we certainly use um, when I have someone in coaching and they're just totally overwhelmed with a zillion things to do. And I'll tell leaders, mm-hmm. too, when, you're, when employees come to us and they say, oh, my God, I have so many things to do. I don't even know where to start. Which of these things do I need, do I need to do you know, first? And they, the manager looks at the employee and says, well, they all need to get done. You need to get them all done. Well, that is of no oh, help. No help. Can you help? your employees by having a conversation on priorities and realistically understanding and knowing, yeah, they cannot do all of them at this time. So they've been at least brave enough to come and ask you for help. So if we can be um, courageous to show up with them in that space and and help them figure out that prioritizing, that can really um, feel as if you've respected, you know, them in that moment and created an opportunity for them to get their shift together so they can go and get the stuff mm-hmm. together for you as they focus on what they need to deliver. So great. Exactly. Uh, thanks, Greg. Yeah. And were you going to share another one of your fabulous strategies? I you? was. I, okay. I had one more to talk about uh, out of the seven. Uh, this one is uh, number seven. Uh, offer a full apology for disrespect. Now, we are all human beings. And occasionally we make mistakes, we are not perfect, and sometimes we are disrespectful. And what I have found is that if a leader is willing enough to own that they've made a mistake, that they've been disrespectful, and to offer a full apology for it, that the research and experience tells us that if that apology is genuine, has no excuses involved with it, and offers a plan to make things right, that the level of respect for the person who apologized actually goes up. It's very hard to coach leaders on that concept, but uh, I have found that when leaders are willing to apologize for their own disrespectful behavior, it uh, reaps enormously positive rewards. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a process for doing it. I call it the full apology and mm-hmm. it's, it's essentially involved, I mean, the core of it is, is it owning what you did, owning how it hurt the other person, making no excuses whatsoever, uh, asking uh, for them to hear the apology, and then uh, proposing a way forward that's going to make things right. And uh, I found it's, uh, it's a very effective technique that leaders can use. Wonderful. So I'm going to... Um I'm going to ask you to um, say that again for those who have paper and pencil and they're looking at this full apology and they don't want to have to wait until 2 o'clock in the morning or, or when this state gets back up so they can kind of like replay it. Um, that full apology, what are the, what are the steps to it? The, the, the essential components are first you have to uh, go to the person who you were disrespectful to and own it and say, I did something disrespectful. You have to own it specifically. Then you have to say, 
that I know it hurt you in certain ways. You have to describe the impact of your disrespectful behavior on the person you're apologizing to and showing them that you understand how you hurt them. You have to absolutely make no excuses. You can't say, I was angry, I was upset, I was confused. You can't do any of that because the moment you do, then you've basically made an excuse and the person will not uh, really believe your apology. You also can't use weasel words like, I'm sorry you were offended. No, no, you did something wrong. You did something disrespectful. It's not about them being offended. It's about what you did. Then, once you've owned it, described how you know how you hurt them, you've made no excuses, you've apologized, and then you have to propose a way forward, how you're going to do what you're going to do to make things better for Mm -hmm. everyone. And, of course, never to engage in that behavior again. Yeah, and I love that, never to engage in that behavior again, because I think sometimes we forget that when we make amends, making amends means here's what I'm going to do going forward, and I need to hold on to it in order for um, the healing to take its full effect with regards to restoring the trust um, that can be damaged in those disrespectful interactions. Looks like we have to take another break, but when we come back, Greg, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about what is coaching for respect and how do you do it? And I'm going to see as we go further if we can get you to share just one more of those uh, strategies you have in your book. (laughs) Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is moving at a rapid pace with so many innovations, new ideas, and improved applications. One thing that hasn't changed, though, is real estate. But will it? The Future of Real Estate with host Jessica Stoner will share with you the minor adjustments and the major disruptors in the future of real estate. Modern advancements are changing how we work, where we choose to live, and affects how our homes and communities will be built. Homeowners, buyers, sellers, and investors can tune in every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Savvy business owners, learn how auspicious timing can have a positive influence on business decisions and strategies. You can achieve your goals while creating a competitive edge in your given field. Tune into Illuminating Feng Shui with host Kathleen Zamansky, where classical feng shui and Chinese metaphysics work together to help you discover your strengths and use them at the right times. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today, I am delighted to be having this conversation with Greg Ward, the author of The Respectful Leader, Seven Ways to Influence Without Intimidation. And um, I think thus far, Greg has been um, a good sport about sharing at least four of those strategies uh, with us. And um, I think what we've gotten out of him thus far was saying good morning, please, and thank you being worthy of respect by being honest. Um, he unpacked a little bit about, um, you know, getting your shift together so that you have the emotional regulation to handle things in a way that feels respectful and then offering a full apology for disrespect when you've stepped on someone's toes. We're going to see as we go further in our conversation if you share more strategies with us. But for now, Greg, I'm going to ask you if you would just share a little bit about um, what coaching for respect is, and how do you do it? Well, thank you for asking. I, uh, as you know, have been working as an executive coach for many years, and in my work and research, and I think you've probably found this too, is that many people come to me for coaching when they're in conflict with a colleague or a boss, and their first statement to me is usually in the area of, I don't feel respected, or my boss doesn't respect me, uh, or something to that effect. It's not so much about being liked, it's about being respected. And what all the research tells us, and as we talked a little bit about this, everybody wants to be respected in some way, shape, or form. In the workplace, it's usually around three areas. The first is our experience and our knowledge, the, the, the experience we've had doing our job and the knowledge that we bring to that job. The second area that we want to be respected for is our talents and our skills. The talents we bring to the job, the skills that we've learned on the job, and how we do that job effectively. And the last thing we want to be respected for is the way we treat others. Uh, very often what I have found is that the first two, while important, they can be overridden by the other, uh, number three, the way people treat each other. And if you've ever worked with someone who is uh, very good at their job, very knowledgeable, but incredibly disrespectful in terms of the way they treat you and other people, it's really, really hard to work with them. It's really hard to collaborate with them. Uh, Conversely, uh, we found that if folks uh, are a little bit lacking on skills and experience and talents, uh, if they treat people respectfully, if they're open to feedback and developing themselves, generally speaking, people are respectful of them. It's the ones who kind of bluff their way through and very arrogant 
about their lack of knowledge or lack of skills. Those people are not respected at all. So, Greg, so, I'm going to pause you for just a yeah. moment, just for clarity. Mm-hmm. Because I think that you're, I think there's this resonates as true to me that people want to be respected for their experience and their knowledge, and they want to be respected for their talent and their skills, and they certainly want to be respected for the way they treat others. And then you are saying that um, what becomes most difficult as it relates to coaching is which of these you're saying is coaching others to treat others with um, in a respectful way, or is it about yes. uh, these others yes. these others too? It's very hard for mm-hmm. us to respect others who have disrespected us. And what I have found over the years is when I have someone coming to me saying, I feel disrespected by my boss or my subordinates or my colleagues, uh, I try to help them understand that there's a two-to-tango in here and somehow something may have happened where the other person may have perceived disrespect uh, from you, and, and they always say, well, I didn't, I didn't intend it. And, and, you know, all the research tells us that most of us are not sociopaths. We don't intentionally try to offend and disrespect each other. Most of us are good, decent, honest people, but we go unconscious at times, and we say and do things that are disrespectful and only realize it after the fact. So when I'm trying to coach someone who is challenged in a, in a disrespectful relationship at work, but I have to help them understand that it does take two to tango, uh, try to understand how they may have played a role in this happening and what they are willing to respect in the other person that they're in conflict with in order to serve the greater good, to uh, uh, make the relationship work better again, to collaborate more effectively, and so on and so forth. So it takes a little bit of work with the person who's come to be feeling all disrespected to get them out of the victim mentality and into the mentality of, okay, I too need to own my own relationships, uh, my, my own behaviors, and how I might commit to doing better. So mm-hmm. that's one of the okay. essential concepts of coaching for respect. Okay. And so when I'm... I'm um... I'm hearing that, and I'm hearing that, let's say, from a, uh, if I were to put myself in a client's shoes, and I'm thinking then, so then I need to think about um, if I've experienced disrespect for some, from someone, did I do something that may have triggered that response from them? It, yes. Okay. Yes. And what if I do that? I think, oh, no, they just rude everybody. They're just an equal opportunity rude guy right. or, or yep. woman. Yep. Then what? <laughs> We, we've, I, we've all met plenty of those people. <laughs> and what my, my next step is helping them to try to identify the things that they actually do respect in the person who is being disrespectful to them. And, and that's really hard for them to do. If they, if, if they say, you know, I didn't really do anything. I'm looking back. I'm trying to be honest with myself. I didn't really do anything to deserve this disrespect. That way to everyone. And then my question is, okay, if you want to keep working with this individual, what is it that you do respect about them and try to build from there? Uh, and, and, and what can you commit to doing that would build upon those things that make you feel better about working with them? Mm-hmm. And it takes a little, takes some coaching. It takes some time. Mm-hmm. It takes some willingness to 
for them to step outside of their anger and frustration mm-hmm. and so uh, they see have the to other develop... person okay. more holistically. Yeah, so it's kind of for them to be able to develop then um, a hope beyond the moment, a vision yes. from that hope so that they can yes. press beyond their circumstances um, to make sure that they move forward with doing their part to hopefully be able to uh, maybe um, get a different response from this person going forward. Is that the Right. That is, okay. that is fair and that's right on target. When I coach people who are in conflict and it's around disrespect, which it often is, I make it absolutely clear to both people that I need to work with them both. This is not just about me fixing one person so the other person is happy. It, it can't function that way. It, it, it creates a power imbalance that will never be solved. So it, it's, uh, coaching for respect is, is not easy. Uh, it requires an enormous amount of patience. And the other point I wanted to make, it, it requires me and you as coaches to be willing to say, I can't help you. If you're unwilling to own how you might make this better, if you're unwilling to make changes in your own behavior, in your own attitude, then I can't help you. Uh, because the only person we can control is ourselves. And so many people come in here and say, into my office and say, well, my boss needs to stop doing this. They need to stop doing that. And I say, well, can you control your boss? Well, no, but they need to stop. And I, I say, you, the only thing, the only person you can control is you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Great, great uh, point. Let me ask you this. So you've done a lot of work around um, respect and um, being respectful. Is there a core message there for you that through your book and through your speaking engagements and efforts that you endeavor to get out? Well, I, I think it's really important that we all understand that everyone wants to be respected no matter who they are. And most people are genuinely well-intentioned. They are not sociopaths. Uh, they are not pathologically destructive. Uh, they are, they are f- flawed human beings who occasionally uh, step on toes and say and do things which are disrespectful. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, all of us want to be respected in the workplace. It's usually around what we bring to the workplace in terms of our knowledge, our talents, and skills. And we want to be respected for behaving like responsible, respectful adults. And when that doesn't happen is when it causes so many problems. And the second part of the core message is that if we don't nip this respect in the bud, if we don't try to manage it effectively, when people say and do things that are disrespectful as leaders, those things are going to come back to bite us. It, it will contribute to a culture of disrespect. And as I said before, it's been my experience that disrespect is contagious and can significantly impact how people treat each other in the workplace and also how they treat our customers and our clients. Uh, mm-hmm. There's nothing like walking into an organization where people fundamentally treat each other with respect. It is a joyful, pleasant, uh, wonderful place to be. And when you go into an organization where people are fundamentally not treating each other with respect, it's a really difficult place to be. And uh, I just want us to try and find a way to make our workplaces more respectful. 
No, I think that's a, a wonderful core message. You know, as a cultural psychologist, you know, the culture is something, how the environment impacts the way a person thinks and behaves is really near and dear to me. And one of the um, formulas that I've developed over time and I share with clients all the time is that the culture becomes whatever's being modeled, supported, and rewarded. And we really have mm-hmm. to ask ourselves, you know, what am I modeling and what it is I'm saying and doing? Is it respect or is it disrespect? And when we look at our country and we see the dynamics within it and at all levels within our organizations, within our communities, within our nation and internationally, you know, respect is a, is a wonderful thing uh, to be modeling, supporting, and rewarding to create a more civil um, and a more um, productive, innovative, um, just wonderful place and space to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, the di- and, and the opposite is that through disrespect, we then um, reap what disrespect souls as well. And so much of it does go back to communication. I can't remember who, the, who said this quote, but it's one that I, I um, remember and repeat, <laughs> so I should look it up. But I read it in um, Judy Salinger's book, and it was, um, Communication is to relationship what breath is to life. So if I communicate mm. in a very respectful way, then what I'm nurturing is respect in those relationships. If I communicate in a, in a dismissive way, then, you know, what is it that I'm putting in that, that relationship? If I communicate in a irritable and irritated way, what am I putting into the relationship? So however we want our relationships to be, that's, why we, that's how we have to manage ourselves. And sometimes in the moment, as you talked about, shift uh, to be able to really show up in a way that, you know, how we want those communications to then be shaping and informing and developing our relationships. I want to talk a little bit about your journey. Ah, looks like we got to go to break, but when we come back, I really want to talk about, you know, how did you get on this journey to, um, you know, just unpacking this issue of respect, and then also just hear from you. If there are some main points you want to have us take away, what might those be, as well as how our listeners can connect with you. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. 
Our guests are business professionals, just like you, who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real, live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters with Greg Ward, author of The Respectful Leader, Seven Ways to Influence Without Intimidation. So before we went to break, um, Greg, I forewarned you <laughs> that as this hero who has brought to us, you know, this deep thinking uh, on this concept of respect, I'm going to ask you, you know, what is your hero's journey? What brought you to this space? Well, it's a fairly sad story. Um, when I was a teenager, I was a very arrogant uh, know-it-all. And those of you who have teenagers or were teenagers at one time may recognize this person. I thought I knew everything. I thought I could do everything. I was extraordinarily arrogant. And I was uh, found myself late one night behind the wheel of my father's brand-new Mustang convertible and in the passenger seat next to me was my high school sweetheart, my girlfriend, my love of my life. And I was so arrogant and full of myself in the middle of the night driving down a dark road that uh, I paid more attention to her instead of doing my job, which was driving the car. And I went off the road and I hit a telephone pole and she was thrown from the car and she was killed. Mm. And uh, I can tell you, of course, that uh, as you might understand, I... I went quite crazy, um, filled with rage and anger to the point where uh, when the police showed up, I wanted to get one of their guns so I could put an end to my own misery. And, of course, I couldn't do that. And uh, I went into a very uh, deep depression about who I was. I, I lost all respect for myself. But it was only through my family and my friends, I shortly went, after, went off to college. And my professors, they treated me with respect and compassion, even though I hated myself. And over time, I realized that uh, my self-loathing and self-disrespect was not helping anything and that I needed to find a way to turn myself around and become a better, more respectful person than I ever thought I could be. And I like to think that that's the path I chose in my life. 
and uh, why I'm so passionate about respect, because it is such an important, as you said, an important part of being a whole, rich, and full, fully self-actualized person. Wonderful. I really appreciate your sharing that story with us. And, and I've got to underscore those two words that you used together, and that was their demonstration of respect and compassion. You know, I love compassion, love yes. and action. Um, I think that's huge. I, again, just um, really thank you for sharing that story. And um, reach out to our listening audience to say, wow, the tipping point. We just never know when we're going to be that force through our respect and through our compassion that really saves someone from going off mm. the deep end and uh, either even to the extent of suicide or off the deep end even to the extent of homicide or when we're going to be that tipping force that, that actually brings them off that edge and ushers them back into a... Um, productive life. So again, uh, thank you for sharing that. Any just main points you'd like to um, leave with our listening audience as we wrap up our time together? Well, I I think that sometimes in our busy lives, we tend to undervalue respect uh, as something that we should engage in. But all of the research, all the data tells us that everyone wants to be respected. And if you treat somebody with a little bit of respect, especially in the workplace, no matter who they are, no matter their rank or their status, it will generally be a good thing. And people will respond respectfully, and they will do the same with others. So that's my message to every leader out there. Be the first to respect. Be respectful. People will appreciate it and respect in return. Wonderful. And Greg, if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, how might they go about finding out more about you and connecting with your work? Well, they can reach me through my website, and that's uh, gregwardgroup.com. And my first name is spelled G-R-E-G-G. There are two G's at the end. Ward, W-A-R-D, group.com. And they can also purchase the book through uh, respectfulleader.com. And it's uh, all one word, respectful leader, spelled out, dot com. And uh, the book is available there on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And uh, I would like to offer the f- first uh, two folks who go on to LinkedIn and follow the Greg Ward Group. I will be sending them an autographed copy of my new book. Awesome. Wonderful. Greg, again, thank you so much for being with us. I've um, enjoyed our conversation. You know, we look at a lot of, a lot of different um, individuals' works, and one of the things coming out of the uh, Harvard and NAMA book called Negotiations, and when we look at their strategies for influencing, um, the first strategy is really about, about people, and it's about developing relationships, and we all know that we can't do that without respect, and as people mm-hmm. feel that we treat them with respect, then it helps to solidify uh, that relationship, and then when we respectfully listen to them to where we understand and learn more about their um, their needs and their desires and their perspectives and so on and so forth, it further increases our negotiation power, our ability to influence them, and then when we look at that third step, it's really about coming up with some win-win options. And so if I respect you well enough to want to make sure that I get a win out of this and you get a win out of this, 
again, um, it further inclusive, uh, increases our ability to uh, really be able to influence. That fourth phase is about objective criteria. It's the data. It says we're only asking for what's fair. And the fifth is using them all in harmony with each other. So, you know, as we look about look at uh, being respectful and influencing, these things definitely go together. So, again, thank you so much for being with us, Greg, and thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.